this is episode 43 of the Old Mick Podcast. Which is, as always, brought to you by Onnit.com. Go to Onnit.com for Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, and all of your supplement needs. Use promo code Irish and save some money. In this episode, we go to the world-famous O'Reilly Conway Bar in beautiful Janesville, Wisconsin, and we sit down with Bushwhacker Luke from the WWF and just about every other territory and promotion that there is. This guy's been everywhere. So we sit down, we ask him a few questions, he tells us stories, and fun was had by all, including our audience that we had. So without further ado, here it is, Lunch with Bushwhacker Luke. How are we doing? Everything good? All right. Well, Chad, we're here at uh, O'Reilly's. Yeah, it's a very exciting. Very exciting day. We have uh, Bushwhacker Luke Williams here with us. Uh, WWE legend. This is uh, the 11-year-old the in me couldn't be more excited for this moment right now. And I'll tell you why, because uh, September 10th, 1989, I went to a wrestling match. And you and Butch were coming out and you bent down right in front of me and I was able to pat you on the back. That was like the highlight of my childhood. <laughs> it, was, it was so exciting. <laughs> for real, it was great. I was, my hand was all sweaty and everything. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> God damn it, this is what we didn't lick your face, mate. You know, it tasted terrible. Well, Not like your fresh sardines. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I when, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was like six, I went to uh, a show in Madison, and I actually got licked in the face. Licked in the face. That's why you look like you do now, mate. <laughs> Here I am anyhow in Janesville, Wisconsin, in O'Reilly's pub, ready to have a plate of bangers. Reminds me back home, mate. Oh, Had a bangers, you know. Had a lot of bangers in your time? Yeah, a lot of bangers, mate. You bang them in the front and pop them in the back. <laughs> <laughs> now that, you're talking about the whole licking people like right. that. Yeah. Does that ever, uh, how many times did you do that where you're like, ah, mate, I don't want to tell my, uh, I don't want to tell this, how we came across this, but uh, when Vincent actually asked us to be a little sheep herders and a little um, moon dog. Butch said to me, the moon dogs have been around on USA Network and the sheep herders have been on WTBS, which were both satellite stations. He said, let's create something new. Hence, we come up with, a, well, the arms swinging and the head licking. Yeah. And um, of course, Going from NWA Wrestling, you know, to NWA National Wrestling Alliance to WWF at the time, or WWF at the time, was going from wrestling to, uh, from the wrestling status to the celebrity status. So we had to be creative, and we came up, we've been around the business many moons, so we came up with that sort of character and that, and uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to spoil the people, but I never very really licked their head. I always grabbed their head with my hands uh-huh. and licked the back of my hand. <laughs> I don't blame you Boy, for that. Imagine all the Deborah, all the. Uh, <laughs> I would have swear I would have licked them in all those arenas around the world. <laughs> Especially uh, you, don't, you don't know what you're licking. You could be asking for trouble and not knowing what you're licking yeah. like that. Yeah, but the gimmick got over because people remember us. They don't remember us from the. Um, the wrestling, they remember the two goofs. And the arms. And, and the swinging arms and the licking of the hands. As, as the governor of Minnesota said, here comes the marching maniacs. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I don't know anybody that's already Jesse that Ventura. Know bushwhackers were. Yeah, that's that 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 put us in there. And of course, thank God to thank God to Caesar Vinnie Mac. We um, every year at the Royal Rumble, he still plays a little shot of me going to the ring, getting picked up by Earthquake, and uh, that record's been broken, but he, Earthquake picked me up on one side, took me out on the other side, and I kept on marching back. And, that, and, that, yeah. and, people, and people still say to me about that, you know, when I'm on planes and that, they look at me and they say, a lot of trade shows though, when I do conventions, they look at me and they say, uh, you're a good, good imitation of which records and that. And then I look at them to look at the photo, and then I say, look at these, look at these tattoos on the arms, and they realize that I'm still above ground. Yeah. <laughs> they look at your tattoos and go, wow, this guy's yeah. really committed to looking like him. Yeah, they don't, they don't realize still, that I'm still above ground here. But, you know, thank God, hey, I gotta thank the man upstairs for that. Yeah. Oh, you've been wrestling a long time. I was looking at uh, the Wikipedia, which... That tells lies. I was going to say, it's not always true. Were you ever actually Luke Dudley? Yes. We were the Dudleys. The Dudleys brothers and cousins from down under. Oh, okay. I worked for you. I worked for ECW. But Butch and me were... You know, the ECW was the one when they come out with the hardcore stuff. But we were known as, in the, in the late 70s and early 80s, we had, we had a name of being hardcore before hardcore became a name brand, and it wasn't until the late nineties that hardcore got him a name brand. Yeah. But we were doing four-way chain matches, fire matches, barbed wire cage matches, boot camp matches, glove on a pole matches from the seventies. On you know, that's how I think we got over in the states because we came in with that wild and vicious. You know, oh, yeah. like two pit bulls as the sheep herders, and um, thank God we got known through that. And a good friend of mine, George Napolitano, who, who's from New York and magazines, he, about, he did about five wrestling magazines, the Wrestling Ring, Wrestling Illustrated and that. Uh, there was another guy too, he, he did this area, I think, the other guy, they both looked the same, but um, George now put, me on, put us on a lot of magazine covers. And that was before we got, you know, a name on television. So that helped us. He came to different, you know, different territories we went and shot matches and that. And he saw something in us. And George, I still talk to every week now. You know, since Vince took over and that, and there's no territories. He's more or less out of that. But he put out hardcover books on the good, bad, and the ugly. You know, the thing we the champions. And he put a lot of hardcover books out. I don't know whether he saw them in the 90s and late 80s, no. thick books. Hmm. Now did you, like as the sheep herders with you guys being so hardcore like that, when you came to the WWE, did you get any backlash from the, the fans? That were... uh, yeah, you know, we, not from the fans. The fans love the character. Yeah. All right. The fans love the, the, the character, but the, the boys, they used to, the boys were the marks. The boys said to us, how can we go from being such hardcore to comedy? Yeah. That was easy answer. Money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a professional business, you know? It's, it's entertainment. And the boys are the... the, the I'm going to tell them, say this right here and now. The boys are the marks in this business. Everybody knocks Vince McMahon and says he's cool with the business. If it wasn't for Vince McMahon, this business would already be dead. Yeah. Yeah, he's kept it alive. He's, he closed all the territories down because he had a great product. Put a great product on the mat. And I'm not saying that because I've um, worked for Vince, but I'm saying that because I've been around the business since 62. 
and all around that's worked in the world around the world and you see he's kept this and kept the thing alive and you know and I wouldn't be here now in Janesville Wisconsin freezing my Christmas crackers off or I, should I say my Niagara Falls if you know what that is or, and then and um, here for your show tonight you know September to remember I hope it is to remember too <laughs> and he, yeah so uh, if it wasn't for Vinnie Mac, I wouldn't be here, because he's kept us all alive. Sure. He's kept the business alive too. But every the product, not, to me, the product's not like it was. But you know, changes. You know, the evolution of of everything. It, yeah, the wrestling really seems, especially like uh, the WWE and all that. It always seems to like it goes up and down. Like right now, to me at least personally, it feels like it's in a down spot. It's tough to watch now, but. I, I, I always feel say it. JWA is better than WWE right now, that's for sure. <laughs> that, I don't watch it very much unless someone rings me up and tells me who's on the television and that, but um, it could be on, on the turn because every time the whole family has gone heels, the light has spiked it. Yeah. And now they've just got to, uh, I, I watched it last week because someone called me up Dusty's, an old friend of mine. Yeah. He was on it. And then they went and, and they fired him too from the training school, you know, they carried the story on to the, the next and that, and um, now they've got the whole family, now they just need that big baby face to come in and um, be the general manager and, turn, and the war starts, the good war starts. There is something that those McMahons have that they can really make people hate them. Like, he, he's got his daughter doing it now, and now she's the bad guy. Yeah, but she, no, I know, she was in it the other day, and Hunter and that, and they did that poll, and I'm not going to go any further, they did a poll to see who was the greatest champion. Yeah. And, um, well, there's something that could be going here. And going back a year or two ago, they had a guy that I, me and Butch started in the business, Johnny Laronitis, Johnny Ace, and that he was, they had him hot, and all of a sudden, they cooled him down. Just when he was coming into the ring on that motor, little motor thing, you know, with people's power and people were really hating him, they started to get white heat on him. Mm -hmm. I guess he'd done something wrong in the office or whatever because they, they, they pulled him out and, and beat him everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he, he started to get real heat then. Does that stuff change where uh, you know they're really, they're really hot on you for, for a while and then things just cool down? Is it just because no, like no, you've done something wrong. Okay. Not a, like Orton. How often they've always had Randy there and they've had him up here and then he's been on the wellness program. He's been caught so many times, but they've had a lot of times he's. He's been put out to the pasture, and someone's got injured, and they've had to bring him back. Okay. You know, because there's a hell of a piece of talent there. Yeah. And that, and um, they're too scared to go all the, you know, put him on the on the top shelf because he he, he does what he wants to do. Can't behave himself. Well, he can behave himself, and that but he wants to live his life and enjoy his life. Yeah. Without them fully controlling him, but Vince loves to control you. You know, Vince, Vince controls all those guys. Everyone, before we used to go to Vinnie Max, slap him on the back, you know what I mean? And then he was one of the boys, like, no, not, not one of the boys, he was your boss, but he was there now, you know, yes, Mr. McMahon, all the boys are yes, Mr. McMahon, no, Mr. McMahon, you know. It's very formal now, huh? 
Yeah, it's different, a whole different thing. Yeah, don't they have like a, a, someone's told me that they have like a dress code and stuff now, that they're big on that, but they didn't have that back in the day, right? They had, they did have a kind of a code, they told you, you know, you, depends where you go, if you go to a house show, you had to look respectable, you could wear jeans and that, okay. but um, if you go to any other thing like conventions and that, they wouldn't like you, like you're dressed and that, but now I think they you know, but now don't forget, from, from 20 years ago to now, the world has changed a lot. 20 years ago we didn't even have a cell phone. Well if you had a cell phone, you had a big battery pack on one side with a cord and a, and, and, and a phone on the other hand the size of a house phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And look at it now. You, now you've got a computer in your hand. You know what I mean? The world's changed. Evolution that. And the whole business has changed, you know? Sure. He's changed. <coughs> All of the characters from my day were selling merchandise now. They merchandise. So we, everyone was a character. Going from the Coco Beware, Randy Savage, Honky Tonk Man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, King Kong Bundy, had the Big Boss Man. You know, I can just demolition. I keep saying the name. You know, everybody looked different. Everyone was dressed different. Look at the more yeah. now. Yeah. King, uh, yeah. uh, King the American Dream. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, you look. Uh, you you look at the more now. They've all got the same cut of. They all wear the same uh, cut of clothing. It's different. Yeah, that's we've, we've, we've talked yeah, about that. They've all got. Um, it's, it's just different material, different patterns. But it's all the same. The same two seamstresses. Yeah. We all created our own gimmicks. You know what I mean? They're all dressed the same. They've all got that lean, muscle body. I'm not knocking them because they're all got great bodies and they're athletes. And that, but they're all groomed in the same school. So they're taught by the same people, so they do the same thing. You bangers and mash? Yeah, right. Bangers and mash, there you are. That looks good, that too. Yeah, that, um, yeah, so they're all, they're all dressed and, um, you know, they all look the same. Now, if you train by the same people, you're all going to do the same. They all work the same. Yeah. Now, like uh, when when you, back in the day, um, like especially when they did like TV and uh, you know pay per views and all that. Did you like like now guys have to you know do their finishers on certain sides of the ring and things like that towards the camera angles? Did you have to worry about that a lot? When you were performing there, or was it more? No, we didn't have to stick to scripts. Like we already knew we'd be working in front of cameras because we've been doing TV for years. We we didn't have to be told. We knew what how to do it. You know, when you got run-ins and that, you were on the backside of the ring and all that. You just knew it. It was instinct. So you didn't have to get told anything. Now you're you're training a whole new breed. They've never been. We were working in front of TV from from you know Butch and me were working in front of TV from there from seventy. Here you go, yeah. sir. And I'll have your spinach in just a bit. I could have that Popeye stuff, dear. The what? Popeye. Spinach. Oh, yeah, Popeye. Yeah. That's before my time. Stop that. Stop what I was gonna say. You'd know that about that more than I would. Ooh, that, that was pretty mean. That was mean. They mean that. Oh, <laughs> Pepsi. Pepsi. Cool. 
with people helping choose their own gimmick, did Tugboat really come up with that? I always thought Tugboat had like the worst gimmick ever. <laughs> it was terrible. You know, I was with Tugboat on Thursday. Oh, man. Don't tell him where I live. Fred. <laughs> Fred? I didn't mean that, Tugboat. I'm sorry. Fred has a motel. His wife had to have a motel on the same road as my gym. Yeah. And I'm giving, I'm getting your address in Wisconsin. James <laughs> Wisconsin. I, I live in Darien. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture of you and uh, Hulk Hogan outside of your gym. Mm-hmm. I tweeted him to try to get him to retweet me today, but he won't do it. Who? Hulk Hogan. Hey, what the? What's he the doesn't one? do all of that. The guy that runs the shop does all that for him. Does he really? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh... Now, you live in Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wrestlers that live in Tampa. Is there a reason for that? I've always wondered that. Yeah. To be away from this gloomy sky and see blue skies. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's beautiful down there. Huh? I have an aunt that lives down there, too, but she's yes. not a wrestler. No. One reason is the northern arenas draw the big money all winter. And in the winter, that's when you draw the big houses and all the northern arenas. When you have a day off, you fly south. As soon as you come out of that, come to that uh, Florida area, you see blue skies. Yeah. You know, winter, Christmas days is in the 70s. You know what I mean? What's Christmas Day here? Uh, well, <laughs> one. <laughs> Maybe. Or well, those rare winters where it's like 50, or, but yeah, typically cold. I think I'd miss it if I ever moved away, like somewhere warm. I kind of like the the winter. Yeah, but if you've been in the in the sports business or any kind of sports business, and your joints are a bit warm, <coughs> you get up in that cold weather. Yeah. That, that you, you need to lubricate your joints. You got to get moving. Warm weather, your body survives. Sure. Yeah, I suppose. Whose coffee is this here? Not, did she pour me another coffee? Yeah, yours. Oh, I think she did. Yeah. She must have thought I was. I needed to uh, spark up a bit. She might have spit in that. She's jacking, she's jacking me up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have Red Bull in this town? <laughs> oh, good. So tell us a little bit about um, your gym that you have down there. Well, funny story. The day I moved back, second day after I moved back to Florida from Puerto Rico, a friend of mine calls me about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and I'm actually out on the street driving around looking at some gyms because they're all 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And he calls me up and he says to me, um, come and have a drink. And I says, I, I'm looking around at gyms at the moment. This is around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I'm looking at gyms and that because they're, they're all within five or eight minutes apart, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, anytime fitness, LA fitness, 24 hour fitness, they're all these, and then I see you got them in this town too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, 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 a vo- and a voice in the background says, "Stop looking. You can have your own." <laughs> and he was with a guy that owned a strip plaza, the same as where Hulk is, mm-hmm. Hulk's speech shop. He owned a, and that, and, he, and the people upstairs in the gym, he was getting them out of it. So um, that's how I came across to get this gym. I had no idea. Well, no thought about it. Mm. I was just going to come and work shows, 
to conventions and live happily ever after. Now you got a place to work out? <laughs> worked out nice? No. You won't believe this, since January I've worked out least, at least in my life since I had a gym. <laughs> yeah. I get there and... Well, and then, Here you go, Popeye spinach. Right. Thank you, dear. You're welcome. We changed it. We changed, good? Very good. We changed it 24-7. And that, and, but it's, it's um, start from 8 to 5. Or 8 to 6. And sometimes I stay until 7 o'clock to get a workout. You know? Because I, but I'm so so tired and that, so I haven't been working out like I used to. Uh, I got about. But Terry works. Terry works out there, and tugboat. Your friend tugboat works yeah. out there. Friend works out there. And again, I apologize Beefcake, for that tugboat comment. Beefcake works out. <laughs> Beefcake works out there regularly. Austin Aries works out. Um, Bishop, oh, Gary, Gary, Bishop works out there. I got quite a lot of guys that work out there. Oh, cool. I'm gonna come hang out and just get autographs sometime. Not quite a crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. I was looking at, and I know you said Wikipedia is not 100% true, but with all the different promotions that you've wrestled in, is there any that you like, that you preferred over, I mean, probably the WWF for the paychecks and everything, yeah. but aside from WWF, some of the, because you've worked in a lot of different promotions. Yeah, I, I was just joking about what, sorry, uh, Wikipedia, mate. They dig deep and get a lot of. I, they brought up stuff that I even forgot about. you got a great page, <laughs> a lot of stuff on your page. Yeah, well, I worked in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And they started me in 80, no, 64 when I started in 62. I noticed but, that when you said 62, I'm like, oh, Wikipedia. Yeah, I was, just, I was just back in New Zealand last year, and I was with the guy. And I had the, my first, one of my first matches in the Wellington Town Hall, the city, which is the capital. I had photos on the internet with him that I had my first matches with. Yeah. And it was a... In those days, we had no television until 67 in New Zealand. How old were you when you first minute? 15 or something, 16. Oh, okay. 15 yeah. So have you ever had a, uh, a normal, like a, or considered a normal job? Yeah. I was a tradesman. I'm a tradesman, engineer. I did a five-year, well not five-year, I did 10,000-hour apprenticeship in engineering. Oh, holy cow. But today, it's, you know, today it's all metric. I, I, I wasn't in that metric age. It's all digital. It's all, di- it's all digital, you know, now. I'm not real good at that metric stuff. Although it looks like it's easier. I've just never learned it. You know, it's all ones. And, uh, everything's even. Yeah, so, but those days, only when they, um, independent, only when they brought in an overseas wrestling from New Zealand do they run. And they would m- maybe bring one in, one in for a month and he'd do two two shows a week or three shows a week and then for two weeks or three weeks and then they'd go home and then I'd have about three months off and then bring another one in. Mm. Meanwhile, we'd run local shows in the meantime. And uh, then I was a light heavyweight. Uh, I'd show you a photo. Have you seen a photo of me when I started? i got to show you a photo. I'll show you a photo later, you'll laugh. I, I worked with Sweet William, fad. <laughs> yeah, I seen that uh, some of your ring names. Was, you were also Floyd. That's only for one. Pretty boy, and then gorgeous Teddy Williams. Yeah, that, that's how I started. <laughs> yeah. I changed the name Williams to, to, to Luke. 
change the name, change my name when I come to this side of the world. From Ted to Luke. When I was in Australia, when I was in Canada, the first time was Ted Williams, and they changed it because of the ba baseball player. Yeah. Maybe Ted Williams should have changed his name. He was well before me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like your um, who's your who's your favorite guy to work and uh, who's like your least favorite guy? I can't, mate, I can't even answer that, mate. Can't remember. Hey, favorite guy to work was when I made the most money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, one guy after the favorite tag, he just tagged him on one of the better tag teams. But when WWF then was the, the was the uh, Brain Busters, because I've been with Arne and Tully. Tully, I was with Arne when he first started. Sure. Bob Armstrong, Bob Armstrong had a headlock on him one night and Continental Promotion, Continental Wrestling, and that had Arne in a headlock, and Arne went to throw him off, and Bob grabbed him by the head, and all of a sudden he had a two pain in his head. <laughs> that's Arn, that's, that's when I first met Arn. Arn coming to do television to television jobs for Connor with the Fullers. Yeah, and Bob, and Bob, Bullet, Bob Armstrong. So I wrestled the Armstrongs and Bob Armstrong and his son instead now, God bless his soul. The one that died, he died two years ago. That's the one. Brad. Um, Brad. We went, we wrestled them for years. They were a great tag team. There was a great tag. There's one of great tag teams. I love wrestling. The Armstrongs were great. The Fuller brothers, Ron and Robert. You know, the six foot two and six foot six. They were. We were worked for them. We against them for years. All in the South. They were, the Fullers were a big name in the South. They're the Welshers. They owned. The, they owned the South too. A lot of people you guys don't know, but all the territories in the 40s and the 50s. The 50s, 60s, 70s were owned by the Welshers, all across the South. Oh, okay. And um, they're all related, related to the Welshers. Well, the Welshers had the money in them. And, uh, then, and then, then, then in, the, in the later era, in the, in the 80s and that, the fabulous ones, Steve Kern and Stan Lane. And that, we, read, we ran with them through Texas, through um, all through Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi and then and in Puerto Rico we had them there and then then the then the, the last team we had a big run with I'm talking about these are long runs you know every night you know for say three months four months every night the last one was the two little guys with big hearts the fabulous the fantastics Bobby Fulton Tommy Rogers and uh, that guy who's had this the dirt sheet on the west coast what's his Mensa there you are. How's that? Oh, wow. oh yeah. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> you have that one to sign? Yeah, I got that. The Mensa. <laughs> yeah, the Mensa put it in the match. One of the matches in the um, Superdome. Superdome in New Orleans. We had in the decade in the eighties. We had one of the top ten tag matches of the decade oh, with, wow. the, with the Fantastics there. I didn't even know about it. Till everyone started telling me, because I, I never used to read any of those dirt sheets. Yeah. Then, I, then, then I did a radio show with Mensa and he told me. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. 
It's on the internet. Super Dome. Crockett Cup. All the Crockett's. Crockett Cup in the Super Dome. 86, 87, somewhere like that. And when did you actually full, start full-time wrestling? When you were actually able to quit your job? And... 66. Oh, no kidding. So you were pretty quick, pretty quick into your career. You actually just went full-time, you know? As soon as I went full time in New Zealand, I went full time. Yeah. But that's when you started. Like, I, I know. I finished my. I'd already come out of my apprenticeship. Uh-huh. And I was. Uh, I was actually in an office job. For the same for the same company, more or less. But up in the, in a factory in the <laughs> working office, which I hated. <coughs> doing management. Andre the Giant like? I've always heard crazy stories well, about him. Well, Andre, we met him when he was 350 pounds before he even came to North America. Okay. He was in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> that and we work, we work with him and that. if I tell you what we did to get the people off, you'd laugh. Yeah. The high spot was we'd, we'd kick him in the stomach, be a butch, grab an arm, a top wrist lock on each side. He'd stand up, straighten out, and then we'd be hanging, he'd swing us like that, <laughs> like that, and then he'd hold his arms like that, hit, and put us together, we'd fall off and fall out the ring, and the crowd would go crazy. That's, right. how, that's how easy. That, you know, it was, uh, stuff we did with Andre, that was in, in this, about 68. And then when I come over to the, 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 the uh, North America in 71, he was in our first territory we came to. Well, which territory was that? Was that Minnesota? Or? I know he was up there for a while, right before he went to WWF. Oh, he was in. He came over to, to Montreal, called, a company called Grand Prix, owned by the Vachons of Capontier. Hmm. You should write a book. Yeah, you are, uh, Thank everywhere. you so much. Hey, I'm gonna stop. Hey, I'm gonna stop talking. Right. Cut that off for a minute. I'm yeah. gonna eat some food. It's cold. All right, all right. <laughs> You're fucking my meal. <laughs> you get that? I did. <laughs> Good? No, we were, we were Andre we were at. How are you trying to change the subject? <laughs> you know, you asked me, Andre, we hadn't even got to the point, you're changing the food. What the fuck? Really? Anyhow. We didn't want to fuck with your meal. <laughs> Anyhow, um, no, Andre's a hell of a guy, mate. When we came into Montreal, of course, it's been French and that, and he'd already been there six months, and that this territory, we, didn't, we were there for six weeks and that, and they had a meeting in the office, and uh, we saw these faces in the office. Faces that we'd seen in magazines when we were living in New Zealand. All these names and that. What the hell are you doing here? And, that, and they said to us, oh, we work for Grand Prix. And then they told us that, that the company was running three towns a night. We were in a company that was running three towns a night. And the Rougeaus, who you heard of, right? Rougeau, Jock, sure, and yeah. Jack, Jock and Jack Rougeau, that I'm talking about their dads now, oh, Raymond, okay. yeah. Raymond and, and Jock Jr.'s dad. And that they were running in the same, they were running a, a one night a week in the same area, which was um, Quebec and Ontario. And, and both, both of the companies were selling out. But the giant actually put the uh, place on the map. Because, you know, the, we, once you put the banner up and that, they had Andre the Giant, wrestling's wrestling. So people didn't realize that the other company, but 
you know, helped Andre was placed with Pac. There was the fabulous, uh, the fabulous blondes were there with. And then there's uh, uh, Sir Oliver Humbledink, the manager. He was up from Minnesota. You heard of Ollie? Sir Oliver Humbledink. He died two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was one of the. This is this is in 1971. I'm talking about now. And that and um, he was one of the managers there. And we were we, we were in we were in the pack, and it was. Unbelievable! We were in a territory with all names that we'd read about, and we were wrestling against them. Here we are in the ring against them, and that, and we had a good run there. We had a run for about a year and a half in there, and the promoter said to us, "You know, you can either, you know, we'll start. We were used good, you know, kept on top in the top three matches. We were on a guarantee because we were new over there. We didn't know the money situation. And he says to us, "Now you can stay here, but we're gonna, or we can keep your heart here, and you move on to, and we'll bring you back in year, in a few years' time." He says you'd like to go to a company called Stampede, and we says he says you know, and that they're gonna use you on top there. And we says, "Oh, where's Stampede?" And they says, "Out of Calgary, Alberta." We never heard of Stampede. We never heard of Stu Hart. Never even heard the name. So we flew over to, um, we, we, we had a car over, we, we, we bought it, all of a sudden we, we, me and Butch are driving around in a car with automatic electric windows, electric trunk, electric this, electric that, in New Zealand we, all the cars were wind up windows, you had to put a key in the trunk, everything was manual, here we are with, with automatic uh, transmission, everything, you know when we left New Zealand, everything was still stick shift and yeah. all that. Got a brand new. So we get the car shipped over there. And we 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 flew over to uh, Calgary on a Thursday, Friday night. It was the, they ran their their shows every Friday night in a place called the Pavilion, in the showgrounds in, in Calgary, Alberta. And in the showgrounds, there was two arenas. There was the Corral, which was the big one, and held about ten thousand people. And there was the Pavilion, held three thousand people. Now the Corral is no longer. It's a saddle dome. Which you hear, you know, Vince does pay-per-views out of mm-hmm. the Saddle Dome, which holds twenty thousand. So anyhow, so the, we're there the first night in the ring with the champions, and that we get DQ'd, and we're beating them up with a flagpole, our you know, New Zealand flagpole, and doing what we usually do. Yeah. And that, and all of a sudden, fucking these kids come flying in the ring. Abdullah was out there. Abby was in the territory, if you know who Abdullah Butch was. Oh, yeah, he was beating sure. up. He was beating up kids. Uh, and that, and feeding in the ring. He sent four kids into the ring. Two were bleeding, <laughs> and that, and that. He put he hit the heads against the poles in the building, and say, and he's yelling out, "Beat him up, champ!" He, we knew him, you know, from before. Beat him up, champ! Beat him up, champ! And we put the boots to these kids. So when we left the ring, there's the two tag team champions that we left laying there, and four kids, <laughs> and that in the ring. And this was televised. Next day, anyhow. This was televised, and it was good for us because our first night in the territory. And that when he went back to the dressing room, no students standing there. What the fuck are you doing? And that, and that, and we says, uh, Abby threw these kids into the ring and told us to beat them up. He says, they're my kids. Then we found out. Then we, then we found out that Stu had eight, eight boys and four girls. You know, and we, I became very good friends with a lot of them. You know, Brett, Brett and Owen. Owen was just a, you know, maybe 12 then, 10. And Brett, 
Brett, uh, Brett, Brett was still about 12 and that. He wasn't working until I came back there for a three-month run in between territories, Japan and territories in 79. Uh, I came in there again, and that's when Brett had started. He just started. But uh, when we were there in Calgary at the time, we were the smallest guys in the territory, as in, as in the bad guys. There was a guy called John Quinn, 6'9", 320, 330. There was Abdullah, you know, 350 there, not five or 400 like he is now. There was um, there was uh, Archie Goldie, the Mongolian stumper. He was about 260, and he was the, he was the smallest. And then there was us. Two, you know, I was 220, 215, 220, and Butch was 235, somewhere out, around in that area. And that uh, we were the smallest. Hence, when we came back seven years later, we were the biggest there because <laughs> the British the British. Um, the British connection arrived, you know, with Tommy, which was the uh, dynamite kid in that. Davey hadn't sure. come yet, and Tommy was only 175 then, oh. you know, when we first came in there. But, uh, you know, it was that was Stu Hart's territory. Anyhow, getting back to that night, we beat up everybody. We didn't know that that next day on the Sunday, that was the double shot. We were in the corral, you know, that night. So when we came out on and, and Sunday in the corral, in the same same grounds as the, as the pavilion, we already had super heat. The people would throw, ready to jump on us in for beating up Stu's kids. And that, that was one thing I always say, Spanky. Abby's Abby, nickname was Spanky. Always when I see him, I always think, say, I remember the time that he laughs. He says, you know, you'll be for that chap. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I've paid him back numerous for that because uh, I've had Spanky with me. I've been booking territories from, you know, 1983. I started booking for Joe Blanchard, Southwest Championship Wrestling, and I booked territories more or less right up till, um, till um, I worked for uh, Vince. You know what can booking the territories consist of? Putting the matches together, writing yeah. the television, and booking and uh, firing talent, and that. And I used Abby and and. Um, and Brody all over the place in Puerto Rico, in Florida, and in um, and in Texas. So I had a lot with to do with Abby and Abdullah. Sure, the, awesome. the guy now is in the wheelchair, or you know, in the walker because he needs hip. God bless him, he needs hip trans, uh, replacements and that. He's too. And the doctors have told him he has to lose 100 pounds. And he owns a restaurant which sells, you know, God bless him, greasy food. Yeah. You know, well, he does. He's never there. But you know, I've it's Chinese food. It's fried chicken, mm -hmm. Georgia. What yeah. are they like in Georgia? Yeah, you, yeah. you know what kind of the people are. They like fried <laughs> chicken. You know, I like fried. Everyone likes fried chicken. In yeah. Walmart. Yeah. They love Walmart. No, no. And fried chicken and Chinese food and the same with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> what more do you need? Yeah. So uh, he's got to get down a hundred pounds before they put a hip on him. But poor guy is. But he's been a good guy, you know. He's, we've made a lot of money with him. Yeah. And Brody, I made a lot of money with Brody. And, you know, it wasn't early this year, I got a shock, because Brody, you know, Frank was married to a New Zealander, same as me, Kiwi. And then and she put up on Facebook, so I contacted her. You know, it wasn't, I was talking to her over the years, but not constantly and that and that. It's 25 years this year since Frank is dead. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe, 25 years, you know, in 88. I was the one that actually turned Brody Babyface in Puerto Rico in 84, 85. I was a booker there and we turned him, well the people wanted, 
They were sick and tired of all him beating up everybody. Now they wanted someone to get behind, <laughs> and that to see him beat up the bad guys. But Frank never changed the style. He just went and did the same bit that the island loved him. And when Frank was on a card, you know Brody was on the card. The house was full. We all, well, you know, had a good house. You know what I mean? Everywhere he went, he, he drew big money up for Vern here too. Mm. Sure. Did he come around this area? He, he must have no work Milwaukee, but I guess that's well before you. In the in the in the mid eighties, he must have worked because he used to come in for Vern, go over to St. Louis, work Texas, work Houston. You know, he just worked the big cities. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, but but um, Frank used to do angles, come in and do your TV, set up the angles, and then he'd play one promoter the other for money. Yeah. You know he he didn't have a good name for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. How, how long did you? Uh, how long have you spent in Puerto Rico? I just spent twelve. I've been going in and out there since excuse me, seventy nine. I just spent twelve years there, eight years booking for IWA from two o one to two o two o nine. I was booking for IWA and then I started just working independently. Hoggy was the one that you know got me back in the business yeah. and that uh, back in the ring. And that, and I haven't stopped since then. Awesome. Cool. Well, we should probably uh, wrap it up here. Yeah, we gotta get to uh, we gotta get to Luke's Deli pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, a little spot. Well, over more there. food. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah food. I'm <laughs> talking about dieting and get me in more food. <laughs> this stuff, we, you might be able to eat this stuff warm though. No wonder, I look, no, no wonder I look around here and I see all the cows walking down the street. <laughs> Whoa! Hey! Sorry, guys. That's true. <laughs> sorry, dear. Sorry, dear. I, I, at least I've got a woman here laughing at the, the thing, and she should be looking at me and ready to hit me over the head. Hey, <laughs> where, I, where, I, where, I, where I live, it's all... Um, all knife, knife work. Oh yeah, yeah only yeah, aftermarket yeah, parts. No, yeah, where I is, they're all you know in tea bags and bikinis and that. They're all their old bodies have been knifed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Florida. That's got to get old. You know, south they're on the beach all the time. And that, yeah. You know what I mean? They're all under the knife all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not here. Oh man. Well, you know, you don't have to wear much clothes down there. It's hot all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's not the heat, it's the humidity though, right? No, well, you, you look around, you get heat, you walk around, look out at my gym, it's spring break, because starting from spring break, you walk down on the street there, your body will rise in temperature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. Yeah. All right, man. I lived in Puerto Rico on the beach, it was TNA all the time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> T-backs and... Um, the little things like that covering the big things like that <laughs> little things like that covering big things like that the lump of course <laughs> yeah yeah sure. hey, that's why, that's why the good lord gave us eyes to look that's right <laughs> remember that if, you have, if your husband or boyfriend just goes like that and looks at someone remember the good lord gave him those eyes to look <laughs> so put, put a good word in for you mate thank you <laughs> That's no. right. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks for doing our uh, podcast. I okay, appreciate mate. it. For sure. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us with uh, Lunch with Luke. All right. All right. <laughs> I listen to all you prize fighters. 
don't want to be defeated. Listen, all you prize fighters who don't want to be defeated. Take a tip from me, the of Joe Lewis's beat. Now he's won all his fights. 23 or 4 and left 20 of his opponents lying on the floor they all tried to win but the task was too hard when he laid that hound bone up against that board listen all you prize fighters don't play him too cheap if he lands with either hand he'll sure put you to sleep I bet on him. He knows just what to do. I'm talking to you. Now he packs dynamite in his left. He carries a plunging right. Either one will make you groggy or as high as a kite. He charges on his opponent from the beginning of the gong. He batters them into submission. Then they all sing a song. I bet on the brown bumper. For he knows his stuff. And lays it on his opponent until he get enough. Now he's a natural born fighter who likes to fight them all. The bigger they come, he said, the harder they fall. That terrific left, boys, is all he needs. But that six ain't right, come with lightning speed. Listen, all you prize fighters, don't play him too cheap. Take a tip from me, the off Joe Lewis is beat.